This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the EPL edition of the Betting Weekly podcast, part of the Bet Rivers Network. I'm your host, Harry Simi. I'm delighted to say that uh, joining me to look ahead to another round of Premier League action are, first up, Nigel Seeley. How are you, sir? Nice and shaven this time. He's made an effort this week, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I didn't like it. Looking back, I saw the, the Gary. I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't, I don't carry off the Simi. You look very good, actually, to be fair. You know, I, I like I like the idea of my head looking exactly the same if you turn it upside and down. You know, I, I, I don't mean I don't mean like yours, Harry. Yours look exactly if you turn yours around. I like that kind of sort of look. I did see someone quote quote me as an uh, who's the egghead on uh, it was on I think it was a tennis thing. And everyone said that all everyone on the game bet match podcast is an egghead. But um, I, 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 don't, I don't like I don't like beers. I'm not really a big fan of it. I'm a bit jealous because I can't grow one properly like you guys, but I have a little bit of a stubble and it just looks no, no, no good for me. But yes, look, re- refreshed. Looking forward to the uh, the Premier League this weekend. I thought last week was a tricky card. I, I, mean, I remember saying to you at the, the time, it, this is the, one, of the real, one of the real trickiest cards I found and I couldn't really find many winners. I think I only had one, which me and Jack agreed on. But I think it was probably the best weekend of the season for the bookmakers. When you think about it, you know, Chelsea started off the on the Friday night at home to to Fulham, they got beat. Then you went into Arsenal against Everton early kickoff. Arsenal got beat. Then you had Liverpool getting beaten. Manchester United drawing uh, last night. You had uh, Newcastle uh, drawing. You had, uh, and obviously Manchester City losing. I don't think the bookmakers have had a better week in the Premier League this season. And I did say last week that um, I was very, very careful of the bets and thought to keep the limits, the the the, uh, the stakes quite low. And I think this week looks quite tricky as well. So um, I'm a bit more confident this week than last week. So hopefully to bounce back and put pressure on the on the leaderboard in the race for the Bet Rivers handicappers table, which we will win, by the way. <laughs> we'll get to that leaderboard in just a minute. Uh, Jack Wright is back with us. Jack, welcome. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, all good. All good. Very much looking forward to uh, uh, another big weekend. And uh, yeah, getting on, getting on top of that leaderboard we talked about. Let's go and have a look at the leaderboard then. Uh, This is how things currently stand. We sit in third place on plus 12.64 at the league. And boys have uh, jumped up into second place there. They're on fire, but also uh, the Serie A guys as well, uh, who have, of course, well, league and were top. Serie A have leapfrogged both of us, essentially, and are now looking down on both of us. You say guys, Serie A, that's one man. Daniele Fischer-Keller is the man on fire on the Bet Rivers Network. I mean, if you haven't watched any of these shows, you've got to watch his shows. The guy mm. knows Italian football inside and out, and he's doing all that on his own, which is a fantastic achievement because, as we saw last week, when I had a bad week, Jack had a good week. Week before, Jack had a bad week, I had a good week. You know, it, one one week, when you're, in, when you're in partnership, one of them is about, you have a bad week, the other one helps you out a little bit. So when you consider that is all from one man, it really, he should deserve 
double the lead really on that. But uh, tremendous achievement by Daniele. And uh, but like I say, he's, he's just keeping that seat warm for me and Jack at the end of the season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've got to give Dan Roebuck some credit as well for bringing it out of him. You know, asking the right question. Well, you're not going. You don't get any credit for what you do. <laughs> how, can you, how can you possibly say that? I know, and that's you, why you, got, you keep us mad. together. Dan Roebuck, he's got no credit whatsoever for what Daniele Fisher-Kelly posts in the WhatsApp group two days before you. He just reads it. You have no... If we go 6-0, and the amount of credibility and, and praise you get is zero. And just I'm to let you know. Absolute zero. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, don't line us up for that one. It's not happening no, to no. you. Well, I, I said I'm going to be the John Terry because um, uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob Daly was brilliant, by the way. If you check out uh, Rob Daly's Twitter account when he gives it, I know you, want to, you don't want to see Harry, but uh, Harry Kane's goal, the, the commentary he did was absolutely brilliant. And the video, how emotional he was, was absolutely superb. Mm. Check it out on Rob Daly's website. He's the presenter of uh, the Ligue 1, the, the French League. I stood in for him. So I'm just waiting for Dan Robert to have a bad day. Then I can stand in for him as well. And then whatever happens, I can say I was part of the, the team who won. So I, I'm going to be like the John Terry of the, the tipping world, just turn up at the winner's party. <laughs> it's like spreading your bets. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly, Harry. Nothing wrong with that. Right, let's, um, let's look into some uh, odds before we get into specific games. Uh, going into this weekend. Let's have a look at the EPL uh, winners' odds. These are from the Bet Rivers website taken just before uh, we're recording this. Um, Nigel, talk us through this a little bit. Um, I know you've been talking a lot about Manchester City. That's a really appealing price right now, isn't it, for Manchester City? Well, it was before this points deduction threatened. I mean, I don't think you can possibly even contemplate betting Man City now until you know what's going to happen. And even if they did win the Premier League, you could get it taken away from you three weeks, three, three weeks later. I think the betting on the EPL is completely and utterly over as far as a betting event because of what's happened there. I think people will look at that Arsenal price and think we've got to bet Arsenal at minus 155 because Man City could be have points deductions or a fine or how's it going to affect them. So I think, unfortunately, the betting on the EPL title is over from a betting from a betting perspective because of what's the, the implications of the financial irregularities that Man City have uh, allegedly committed. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there before we have a bet. But um, Man United, I think they would have been a little bit lower than that if they had beaten Leeds at the weekend. Uh, sorry, last night. Um, I still, I still just feel there's a little, there's still, there's still twists and turns in this. I, I just still feel last week where we saw Man City drop lose and. Arsenal lose as well. I think that's going to become a lot more regular as the season goes on. I think it's going to be a very strange season. And I just don't believe for one minute it's going to be just the two of those two running away with this title at the end of the season. I still think there's a lot to pay for. Indeed. Let's have a look at the, the bottom of the table. Um, just Actually, just a quick question on that for both of you, I guess. If Manchester City were to win it and then the title was to be stripped from them, that's never happened in England before. What? How would the betting work? Would you have won your bet or would you... The, the very nice people at Bet Rivers will email everybody who's got their money paid from Manchester City and say, "Excuse me, can we please send us the money back?" And they get nobody. They have four thousand people blocking them, and they have, have four thousand people having new email addresses the following day. That's what will happen. No, no, but seriously, they'll, they'll have to pay out. They'll, they'll have to. What will? We've never had that president before, but I think what will happen in Man City will be paid out, and then you'll have to do an ex-gratia payment and, on two of them. I don't see any other way that can be deemed. I think, unfortunately, it'll be a nightmare. Um, but you, I, I, hopefully it's all resolved before that scenario happens. And what happens if they strip them off titles from four or five years ago? You've got to go back in history and pay out people from Man United and, mm. and Liverpool successes. So it's 
it's going to be quite interesting to see how it develops. Yeah, it'll be messy, won't it? Um, looking at the bottom end of the table, these are the odds for relegation. Jack, quite a few teams in the mix here. There are, yeah. Um, Bournemouth looking cut adrift there on those odds. And uh, yeah, I rightly so. Um, Southampton, both me and Nigel flagged up a few weeks ago when we looked at this. And now big odds on to go down as well. Um, again, no change in my thought processes there. Totally agree on that one. Um, but then it gets tricky, as you say. Uh, obviously, Everton have rolled the dice, brought a new manager in, or rolled the dice, I should say, and uh, brought a new manager in. So it uh, had an immediate impact. Um, same with Wolves. Where do we go? Let Leeds, obviously, now an appointment coming up. That's going to have an influence and a bearing on it. We saw a big, big impact from them last night as well. Um, so it's it's a tricky one. Can sides get sucked into it like Crystal Palace? You know, Nottingham Forest seems to put a run, run of results together. Yeah, uh, Leicester hit and miss got their first win as well. So this is a really interesting one for me. I think there's a lot of sides down there that will be looking over their shoulder throughout the course of the remainder of the season. Um, and and picking, I think, two down already for me and picking that third one uh, is it's tricky. It's a tough one to call. I, I actually, I actually um, asked for this to come up because I actually I got a bit of an opinion on it. I mean, we've myself and Jack have both got Bournemouth at the start of the season to get relegated. I think Jack went from to finish bottom as well, so that looks looking good. Southampton, as you said, we highlighted. Didn't we highlight them at plus one thirty eight? Didn't we, Jack? Something like that. Now, around two, that six, number, yeah. The team, plus I money, think, sure. the team I think you really got, we really got to worry about, and their fixtures in the next few weeks are, are going to are really, is Crystal Palace. I, I, I was a big Palace thought to do really well this season, but I tell you what. That they're, they're they're not playing well at all. My brother's a season ticket at Crystal Palace. Uh, the atmosphere there isn't as great as it has been over the years. People are very critical of Patrick Vieira. Their fixtures, they've got uh, Brent uh, Brighton at home this weekend, which is a losable game. Then they go to Brentford, which is virtually, you know, no one gets anything at Brentford nowadays. They've got to play Liverpool. Then they've got to play Man City. Then they've got to play Arsenal. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a tough run. That is a really tough running, and I can't, you know they could quite conceivably lose all those: Liverpool, Man City, what Brighton, and Brentford, and, and Arsenal. They could leave, and then all of a sudden they're they're banging it. So Crystal Palace at plus nine hundred. Keep an eye on those. Great stuff. Um, let's turn our attention then to this weekend's Premier League action. Uh, we'll start with you, Nigel. I wasn't surprised when this bet was sent through in the group: Southampton versus Wolves. I'm sure the listeners can get. <laughs> Where you're going with this? Well, I mean, do you know, the only, the only reason I went for it, and I'll tell you why I went for it, is because Bet Rivers is the only bookmaker in the whole of the world who haven't caught on to it. Every bookmaker in the world is minus money on this market, and Bet Rivers still go plus 110. So I know they uh, they pay our wages, and I know that uh, they've been very kind to me, letting me go away and follow the World Cup and stuff like that, but I've got to, <laughs> got to make you pay, I'm afraid, Bet Rivers. Uh, that plus money's wrong. You haven't learned. We know about uh, Wolves drawing games, and when they draw play the teams in the bottom half of the table, but that goes up, as we've said, weeks in and weeks out about this bet. The other reason I, I think it's a, a good game is because this is a huge, huge match at the moment at the bottom of the Premier League table. Wolves are obviously showing signs of improvement. They had a great win at home against Liverpool last week, but Southampton really have to start doing something now. And I think the nerves now, Southampton players, you saw them at the last caption, they're minus 250 to get relegated. The players know that the manager's under pressure, that the atmosphere in the stands will come across to the players. 
know, two or three weeks ago, thinking that we'll be okay, we'll, we'll get some results. Now you've got to start performing. And I think this will be a real cagey first half. I think this will open up in the second half. If we look at uh, Southampton in recent weeks, their last home game was uh, against Aston Villa, which was a real cagey match. That was nil-nil at halftime. Uh, when the two played earlier in the season, it was 1-0 at halftime and it was a 1-0 win for Wolves. But that goal come in, we bet that that week as well. I bet it every week. Well, I bet it that week. But the goal come in the 48th minute to so three minutes of injury time. It was the last kick of the game that sort of cost us on the draw bet. Last season, it was nil-nil at halftime. And now, with the way we are coming into the crucial part, coming, you know, February, March, April, the crucial part of the Premier League, I think this first half will be really, really cagey. It doesn't surprise me at all to be a draw, uh, to, to be nil-nil at halftime if you want to enhance your price. But if you look at it, Wolves drawn uh, 11 of 21 this season in the Premier League, which is minus money. That goes even higher, up to sort of 65% when they play teams in the bottom half of the table. Away from home, they've drawn five of 10. But three of those uh, matches were, again, of the 10 matches were against teams in the top half of the table. It's five from eight against bottom half of the table. Uh, and, and, and Southampton obviously started to be very, very cagey. Haven't got a goal scorer, struggling for goals. Southampton have only scored three goals at home this season, which is the lowest in the Premier League. And they've drawn four. So, sorry, only scored three goals in the first half in the Premier League this season, not in total, uh, which is the lowest in the Premier League. And I just think the nature of the game and the fact that Bet Rivers are just dangling that carrot for me to to take again. I've got to take it until they actually realise that when these two, when teams, when Wolves play teams in the bottom half of the table, this line has to be at least minus 110. If you're offering me plus 110, I'm afraid I've got to snap it up. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jack, let's come to you, mate, because you've also got a pick from this game as well. Um, you're looking at it slightly differently, though. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time for Bet Rivers need to change that bet from just being like draw at half time, just to call it the Nigel Seeley special, and and people <laughs> can just go to it. That's the one they want to do. But uh, uh, you mentioned the Nigel Seeley put that parlay with Marcus Rashford to score any time. Yeah, there is that. There is that. It's been doing well. Another one last night. But um, yeah, you mentioned last week, Harry, that I had a new bet as a first. Well, I'm going with another first here. And I'm actually pulling the trigger on a pro Wolves bet for the first time this season. So um, I'm going Wolves on the Asian handicap of zero. So effectively, it's Tino bet. Odds are minus 127. Was tempted to go full mental and, and go Wolves to win. Um, purely because of just what a disarray Southampton are in. Thump 3-0 uh, last week at Brentford. Obviously, me and Nigel both had the same bet. Cashed that double, um, which was nice. They were outplayed. They were out four. Uh, they've now lost six of the last seven um, games um, in the league, which basically all the games that um, Jones has been in charge of. Um, the only win coming against Everton, which when they were in, they, they were even worse because they were under Lampard just about the end of that reign as well. In total now, even before Nathan Jones, have lost eight of the last 10 in the league, which is terrible, which leaves them bottom of the league. Um, there's no creativity. We've touched on that. No goal threat. We've touched on that. They brought in a couple of signings from, from Europe. Obviously, one massive height. One's got a lot of pace. I think they're just trying that that route to see if they can stumble across something, but it doesn't look like it. And, and in fact, there's just no creativity other than a James Ward Prowse set piece that they look like they've got any real hope of at all. Um, and not only are they poor going forward, they're really vulnerable at the back. Um, conceded 38 goals now. Only Bournemouth have conceded more goals than them. Only one clean sheet all season. Um, and and so the fans have turned on Nathan Jones. And, and watching his um, 
press conference or his interviews after the game last week was cringy. It was it was one that you just watched through your fingers uh, with no kind of allegiance to Southampton or him at all. You just felt the guy was out of his depth and was struggling. Um, the fans were singing at Brentford that they went through the whole repertoire of, of stuff when you turn on your manager. Substitution made, you don't know what you're doing. Um, they were singing, get out of our club. Um, I won't phrase this one word for word, um, but they're saying his football is not pleasant on the eye. Um, and we're singing, you're getting sacked in the morning. Well, he wasn't, but they lose this one. Then he will be this time round for sure. Um, they've only scored five in, in those seven games under him as well. Worst home record with one win in, in 10 attempts. Um, and for me, this one's more about Jones versus Lovategui. Complete different characters where, where we're looking at here. And when you're in a game which is a complete relegation six-pointer, the, the points are often won in the dugout for me and uh, on the training pitch. And you can imagine Lopetegui is going to get his side set up, ready for this one. We have seen um, shoots of recovery from him. You mentioned it in the past that, that they have started to put things together. Yes, they've only won five times this season, but three of those have come in the six games under under Lopetegui since he's come through. Um, and I say, Jones in that press conference and said that he was compromised or he'd been, he was compromising what he was doing to, to pander to Premier League players and to pander to the fans. He's lost the fans. He's lost the players. Um, you know, he praised his work at Luton, um, saying, claiming that he was one of the best options in Europe available to Southampton when the job come up. Well, I admire his confidence, but <laughs> delusion doesn't come close to it, I don't think. When you're looking at, he's up against Lobotegui, who's, who's, who's like managed at Porto, Real Madrid, Spanish national team, and, and done well at Sevilla as well. Different like levels of, of, of success at those clubs. But, you know, showed that they've now started to put some pieces together going forward against Liverpool. 3-0 win there. And they're up to 15th. Only two points clear of the drop, but they're upwardly mobile. They're looking in the right direction. And they'll see this as a massive opportunity here. Um, you know, they've now got a little bit of something going forward. Sarabia, I think, is a good signing. Um, Cunha as well. You know, they've got the likes of Troy to come off the bench and impact this against this weak Southampton side. Brittle defence as well. Um, and they've still got Neves there pulling the strings in midfield. So for me, I'm going on the Asian handicap. I'm with Nigel that it should be a very tight and cagey start to this. Wolves will want to make sure that the Southampton fans get on their teams back as soon as possible. So a, a, a draw, a half-time works perfectly well for us here, and then we'll have Wolves take it in the second half. Just to remind people, if this does end level, we do get a push, a refund on our Wolves bet here to win with the Asian handicap Tino bet. Um, but obviously a win picks up the full whack. Nice one. Um, let's take it on, Nigel. Let's go to Newcastle against Bournemouth uh, or Bournemouth versus Newcastle. It's a game that both of you have uh, got picks from again. Um, we'll start with you on this one, Nigel. Let's uh, let's hear what you got. I'm surprised the, 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 the Southampton fans talking about the songs. They're not, they're not singing that Nathan Jones song that uh, Banana Rama famously sung in the in the eighties. You you probably be, but he sang, they sang Nathan Jones. You you've been gone too long. Yeah, the words Nathan. Long, yeah. You've been you've been here too long. Nathan Jones, you've been here too long. But uh, the other, you know, just another bet there. You know, if you look at the, the halftime, full time, which is the, the score at halftime and the result at halftime, the result at full time. Maybe you look at a draw half time and Wolves full time. Get yeah, a nice little price, which is sort of combining both my thoughts and Jack's thoughts there. Uh, let's move on to more Newcastle. We just said we touched on Bournemouth very briefly in the relegation battle. There, they're gone as far as I'm concerned. There's no, there's no coming back from them. Uh, they were in a fourth position at the start of the season. 
Uh, O'Brien came in the manager and he just basically steadied the ship. Really, got them, uh, got them uh, to you know just 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 kept on the got them going again after what happened with Scott Park at the start of the season after them embarrassing defeats he had. But he's been found out for me in the Premier League. I think he's not a Premier League prim prim manager. And Bournemouth are on a Premier League side. Uh, in their eight matches, the last eight matches they've lost seven, only got one draw in that in that period of time as well. And uh, they're playing a Newcastle side that I know they they haven't been winning. They've become the draw specialists of the Premier League, but they they've only lost one game in the Premier League this season. And if they have any chance or any aspirations of going into the Champions League, which they're minus money to do so, which would be an unbelievable achievement, they have to start. They have to win these games. There's no no two ways about it. We all know how good they are defensively on the road. They're brilliant defensively on the home. They're exceptionally hard to break down and concede against. And their record against teams in the bottom half of the table on the road this season has been immense. They won 1-0 at Southampton. They drew 0-0 with Crystal Palace. They won 3-0 at Leicester, 4-1 against Southampton. So when they go to teams that are expected to uh, win, they, they do well. They've only lost one game on the road. They've only lost one game in the Premier League. And that was at Liverpool, when Liverpool were actually playing okay. And also in that game, they conceded in the 97th minute or something like that. It was just, you know, they should have got a point. They should have become beat on the road. Uh, this is also a return for Eddie Howe, going back to his former club, which is uh, always uh, a, a bit of a motivation. And, uh, and I think Eddie Howe will be a little bit aggrieved with uh, how it ended at Bournemouth, considering how well he did at the club. Uh, with with nothing to spend, you know, he's gone from a club with nothing to spend, got in the Premier League. Now he's gone to a club with more than anyone to spend, and he's getting them into the Champions League. So his stock has risen so much since he left Bournemouth, and Bournemouth, unfortunately, without him, are falling down the table. So I think for him, it's a, it's a personal mission to prove he's he's got a big affinity to the club, but also he's got a big um, big motivation to get Newcastle in the Champions League, and I think there's a big financial interest for him as well, personally, on that. So I love Newcastle here. Uh, we all know how good they are defensively, as I said. Um, I was looking at the Newcastle to win to nil bet, which was plus 140, uh, compared to minus 160 to win the game. Um, so they're minus 160 to win the game, to win to nil, they're plus 140. But for my official bet here, I've actually gone with Newcastle on the Asian handicap, minus one goal. Uh, I just can't see Bournemouth scoring. I think Newcastle defensively are brilliant. Dan Byrne, Trippier, Pope's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season on these stats. Um, I just can't see any way that Bournemouth can break them down defensively. I think Hal knows everything about the club that he knows. A lot of the players he, he, he are still there that he, he left. Uh, I can't see how they can break them down. And I think Newcastle win. So from instead of betting the minus one fifty five, I'm going to go for Newcastle minus one on the Asian handicap, which is minus one thirteen. So a Newcastle win in this game, we don't lose. Uh, Newcastle win by one goal, it's a push. If Newcastle win by more than one goal we get a bit of an enhanced price than the minus 155 just to win. So Newcastle minus one on the Asian handicap to win at Bournemouth in a return to the vitality for Eddie Howe. Nice one, Jack. Uh, you've also got a pick in this game. Um, again, same game, but different angle of attack. Uh, what have you got for us here? Yeah, if Nigel's chauffeur couldn't take him to this game, we'd be getting on the bus together, but just getting off at different stops. So we've gone a very, very similar route. Um, and, and my bet here is that there's um, going to be no goal for Bournemouth uh, under 0 0.5 goals. So for Newcastle to keep a clean sheet, and that's odds of minus 108. Um, Nigel's been through it all. There's not much for me to add, to be perfectly honest, because he touched on the goal scoring and the, and the um, defensive sides of, of Newcastle. One point for um, Bournemouth since the World Cup. That was at home to Forest. Lost five of those six, seven and eight in all competitions, including against Newcastle, which ended 1-0. 
Um, and they've only scored one goal in that run, which is the, just the main problem in saying that in that 1-1 draw with Forrest at home. Um, Eddie Howe's return is something that, you know, obviously Bournemouth would love to have him in their dugout now. It's not going to happen, of course. And uh, he, he's pulling up trees for for um, for for Newcastle doing a stunning job. Um, 16 games unbeaten now. Uh so even though they are stuttering a little bit, uh, potentially struggling in front of goal, uh, 16 games is the longest unbeaten run of any side in the league so far this season. I think it's also the second longest run of any English manager in Premier League history. So um, some serious stats that he's putting together there um, at the club. And this is before they've even gone and spent like serious amounts of money, isn't it? So uh, exciting times, of course, for Newcastle. Um, and say it's all about the defensive side of their game for me. Uh, three successive um, clean sheets on the road. Um, they've only conceded six away from home all season in their 10 games. 12 in total in the Premier League. Um, only conceded nine of the 21 games they've played in the Premier League this season. So 12 clean sheets, which is phenomenal. Um we talked about XG, I suppose, a bit, and there's you know, some people love it, some people hate it. For me, one thing I do like about it is the fact that when you've got a side that struggles and you see that they aren't aren't creating any chances or low amounts of chances, then you just know that that trend is probably going to continue. Um, and that's Bournemouth. They're not scoring goals because they're not creating chances or certainly good enough ones. They've not got much going forward at all. Um, Kiefer Moore is probably their main threat. Uh, and and Nigel mentioned him, Dan Byrne, the world's tallest left back, is 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 the perfect kind of um, cover for that. Uh, and so you, you've also got the likes of Fabian Cher. You've got Botman as well. They look such a great defence. And and in a, in a, a side at the bottom that are possibly going to go a bit more direct, throw some balls into the box. You can hope for a better goalkeeper than Nick Pope. Commands his area, great communicator, and he's got that defence working well in front of him and so he's putting some, together some seriously good stats as well. So um, for me, um, I've swerved the results to a certain extent, although I do expect Newcastle to win. I expect them to win to nil, um, but I'm going with Bournemouth under 0.5 goals at minus 108. Nice one. Good stuff. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you, mate. Manchester City, who have been uh, talked about a lot this week. There's a lot of controversy around their situation uh, given that the Premier League have announced that they're going to charge them with 130 plus uh, cases of breaching the financial rules. Now, obviously, that's going to be seen by an independent panel and it remains to be seen if they'll be found guilty. But they play Aston Villa this weekend. How are you expecting Manchester City to respond to that? They say they've done nothing wrong, but will this filter through? Will this have an effect? Well, I think if you look at the bookmakers and you, you speak to the general betting public, they feel it will have an effect. Um, I don't. I think that um, Pep Guardiola is a very, very experienced manager. I think that the players are, are all world-class, top-level players who know what the job at hand they've got to do. I mean, this, this, this is going to be done by a panel. They've got to do their talking on the pitch. And I did... I'm, I used to always say uh, on this show and other shows I've done that Newcastle... Uh, sorry, Manchester City always bounce back from adversity in style. And it was something that I, I always just thought because I remember a couple of times they, they got beaten and they won 5-0 and they got beaten and they won like 8-0. So I thought all I'd do is I'll go through and actually see if I was talking rubbish actually <laughs> or, or is actually talking truth. So I went, I, went, I went through it for the last four seasons. It's amazing. Man City have lost 20 games in the Premier League in the last four years. So in the last four years, in the, they've lost 20 matches. The following game in the Premier League, they've won 19 and drawn one. 
They've never no. been beaten. They've never, ever lost back-to-back matches in the Premier League in the last four seasons. Never done it. And they've done it in some style. If you look at their wins, uh, out of the 19 wins, 16 of them have been by more than two-goal margin. Amazing. You know, so so 16 out of 20 matches. They've won 19 of them, 16. They've won by two or more goals. Now, the handicap here is minus 1.75. And the reason I think that's important is because of because of all the trouble and, and the performance last week. I think the handicap has been put down. I think and I think um, Man City are minus four dollars to win this game. I tell you what, if this was if Man City had won last week and there was nothing, Man City would be minus six fifty dollars, and the handicap would be two and a quarter. They've won by 15, sixteen by two or more goals, and also they play an Aston Villa side that come in here in in pretty rancid form. You know, their last performance was was shocking. Um, and you also got to look at their record against Manchester City. Now, listen to this. They played the last 10 times in the Premier League, Man City have played Aston Villa. They've won 10, and it's 35 5 on aggregate 4 0, 3 0, 4 1 5 0, 3 2 3 2, 2 0, 3 0, 4 0, 4 0. Eight of those 10 matches, they won by at least two goals. Now, one thing that shows you is that Man City will not worry too much and they don't take adversity. They come back fighting. They're a wounded tiger. And I think Pep will be telling them, you're the best team in the world. You're the best team in Europe. You can win this league. You can win the Champions League. De Bruyne is an issue for me. You know, why he didn't play De Bruyne? There doesn't, doesn't, doesn't appear to be a knock, but the fact that he didn't play Kevin De Bruyne suggests there may be some kind of fallout there, which is a, that is a big problem. If Man City struggle here, it'll be the first time ever in four seasons that they have lost back-to-back games. And then we can really analyse and think there is a problem with Man City, in, if, if the player, personnel, or they're worried about what's, what's happened off the pitch. But on the evidence of what we've seen over a four-year period, whenever Man City suffer a defeat in the Premier League, they come back and come back well. So I'm going to stick with that until proven otherwise. I'm going to go for Man City minus 170, uh, 1.75 on the Asian handicap here and cover that and get that two-goal margin. Actually, that's, the vital, that's the vital bit here, getting that two-goal. You know, two goals or two and a quarter goals, I wouldn't probably play back. Getting 1.75 and a two-goal winning margin is, is a winner for me. Against a team they blitz every time they play, that'll do for me. Brilliant. Um, Jack, let's come to you, mate. Uh, Leicester City uh, taking on Spurs this weekend. Harry Kane, uh, of course, breaking Jimmy Greaves' record the other day. A uh, big moment for him. You're backing him to continue scoring in this one. I am, yeah. Plus 130, the odds on this one, uh, which I thought were generous considering the opponents of Leicester. Um, Leicester were the beneficiaries of Aston Villa's defending last week to get their first win since the World Cup um, or return of the World Cup. Um, no coincidence, really, for me. I don't suppose that James Madison was in the starting lineup back there, scored their first goal, so they equalised to get them a foothold back in the game. Um, and, and maybe they'll see that probably given their defensive frailties of their own, that attack will be the best form of defence. Um, but they won that game 4-2, so they conceded two goals again. And, and since the World Cup, they've conceded 12 goals in those six games, two or more in five of them. Obviously, no clean sheet in those either. Only the bottom two are conceded more than their 37 goals now across the season. And should have this Spurs side that have kind of ridden out their little blip themselves. Um, they should have this Spurs side licking their lips at the prospect of getting stuck into them again. Um, especially after that that win against Manchester City and, and like the atmosphere around the stadium, because obviously not only was the win, as you rightly said, um, it, it was the the kind of celebratory nature of the fact of Harry Kane setting that record, breaking Jimmy Greaves's 
long-standing record, Tottenham legend, um, 267th Spurs goal. Possibly, was it the first of those 267 that you've celebrated a little bit, Harry? <laughs> it definitely was <laughs> a little, little gentle one. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little one of these, a little fist pump. Yeah, like, and then, too, then yeah, look much. over your shoulder. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I say he, he's also it was also his two hundredth goal in the Premier League. Um, only the third player to reach that, following Wayne Rooney and Alan Shearer, but the youngest to do so, twenty nine years of age. So the record set at two hundred and sixty by Shearer. So we'll have his. I set on that if he stays in the Premier League, which um, I think is a bit of a driver for him, for certain. Um, and I think sometimes a player, after they've gone on such a high, like it was a massive moment for him, they had a big ceremony after this, after that, didn't they? And there's been lots of stuff going on about it. Um, you can tend, sometimes get a player that will just kind of lose a little bit of focus. But I think Kane is one of those rare commodities that he's, he's laser focused on what he's doing. And I think, you know, bearing in mind he missed that penalty for England in the World Cup uh, against France. We saw how he's bounced back from that. Um, he kind of rides out the storms of negativity. He doesn't get too high when things are going so well. Um, and, and I think they, they classify it as a consummate professional, don't they? So I think that's where he's at. He's also got his buddies kind of back in a bit more better form now as well. Kuliszewski's obviously come back from his injuries um, and, and is, is, is now playing and complimenting that. And Son, I think, is just you know, it's been widely regarded that he's not quite been at it this season is now starting to you know show those signs that he's back a bit more to where he was over the last two or three seasons. So um, he couldn't ask for a better side to be playing Leicester uh, here. Um, he scored 20 goals against Leicester. Uh, no, he's not scored more goals against any other side. Um, so he's, he's definitely, they're definitely a favourite. And looking at some of the stats, a bit mad, really. Um, he scored nine goals in the last 11 head-to-head. Um, he scored in six of the last seven meetings between the two sides, um, in, including all of the last four as well. 17 league goals this season, sets him only behind Erlen Haaland, of course. Um, seven goals in his last nine Premier League um, outings, which again shows you that bounce back from the World Cup disappointment. And he scored in both his last two. So again, plus money here, I think is a really nice play. Um, plus 130. One thing I would say is I expect that price to probably come down. Um, as we get close to kickoff, because he will be talked about and his goal score will be talked about, as they have done this week in the previews and the build-ups to this game, that we mentioned more than anything else as well. So a bit like a racehorse favourite just before the off. If, if the commentators are saying, we like this, we like this, we like this, the price dips. So expect him to be closer to plus 100 by the uh, by kickoff. Brilliant stuff. Sounds like a good bet to me. Uh, not that that matters because I won't get any credit for. You got it right last week. You got Brentford. You gave us the thumbs up, and we and we when well, we cashed. So there quick one, you head. <laughs> I'm done now. That's it. I'm out for the season. Uh, let me quickly summarise uh, the guys' picks. Uh, so let's start uh, with the Southampton versus Wolves uh, game. A game that both of you have gone for. Nigel has gone for the draw at half time at plus one ten. Jack has gone for Wolves. Uh, the draw no bet on the Asian handicap. That one's at minus one twenty seven. Uh, looking at Newcastle and uh, Bournemouth, uh, Nigel has gone Newcastle minus one at Bournemouth at minus one thirteen. Jack has gone for Bournemouth under half a goal, and that's at minus one oh eight. And then we take it on uh, to the final two games. So Nigel's gone with Man City at minus one seventy five, one point seven five. Uh, goals against Aston Villa. That's at minus one twenty. Um, he's expecting City to bounce back. And the stats you gave there, Nigel, convinced me. I wasn't sure about that one, but you've convinced me. 
And then Leicester City versus Spurs. Jack has gone with Harry Kane to score. Yes, at plus 130. So those are the guys' picks for this week. Uh, anything for anyone to add before we say goodbye? Any other business, as they say? Uh, the only thing I would say is next week, the Champions League returns and the Europa League returns. So make sure you keep following us on uh, the podcast and also on the YouTube channel because we'll have all the handicappers giving their opinions. We're on a rotor throughout the remainder of the tournament and uh, they'll be back giving some picks on that. Some very intriguing games uh, on the Champions League. Uh, bet I, would. I I like a bet already. I've seen Real Madrid at minus 110 to qualify. Be Liverpool. Oh, I like that, the way Liverpool are playing. That, 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 that doesn't seem right to me, but it'll be interesting to see what all the guys have to say. So, yeah, it's a big return, the Champions League and the big return, the Europa League as well. Brilliant stuff. Uh, make sure you guys uh, keep your eyes peeled for those shows. Check out everything across the Bet Rivers network. Uh, the Bet Rivers YouTube channel is the home of everything as well, but you can find them in podcast format too, wherever it is you prefer to download your shows. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more. Until then, take care of yourselves, uh, get those bets on, and good luck. And we'll see you all soon. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs> 